Welcome to the Cowie Baptist Church podcast. To learn more about Cowie, including in our gathering times, visit us online at cowie.church. Enjoy the message. Amen. Beautiful singing. And as we come together today, and what a special day uh, it is. Thank you so much for being here this morning as we uh, come together and we sing and we uh, proclaim and lift our voices and and declare that Jesus Christ has come uh, into this world to save sinners. Uh, what a wonderful day we have to gather this Lord's Day uh, to worship Him. I, I think about uh, Christmas and there's a lot of uh, joy, a lot of uh, memories, a lot of things that come to our mind. I see uh, lots of different uh, ages in here and I, I wonder this morning, I, uh, how many people before you came this morning got up and opened gifts. Did you know that? Let me just see. A lot of, quite a few hands there. Uh, how, many, how many decided just to wait until after church today? We're going to, yeah, see some people that definitely, some, some folks with different things. We were in a discussion yesterday about how that should look at our house, and uh, we, we had differing opinions on that. That's one thing that, that I've found is that uh, having uh, two different children, they have different personalities, different ways, different thoughts about all those things. Hope was very content. She said, we could just get up and we'll go to church and we'll just wait. And Grant is thinking, that's the worst idea in the, <laughs> like, he's thinking, what's wrong with you? Like, don't you know it's, it's Christmas. And then we open gifts differently. I don't know if you've ever noticed that. Now, we have different traditions at different uh, ways of, about doing things. But one thing that uh, Hope's kind of helped us at our house to do and any kind of family get together when we have Christmas, we open one gift at a time, and, and you get to open one gift, and then you go kind of around and open another gift, and so there's a long wait there. Now, and, and people open gifts differently. Now, Grant would probably like to just go in and go, you know, and just have them all uh, open. Is that right, Grant? No, you're, you're good? Yeah, it is right. Yeah, come on, you know. Grant's like, don't pick on me, man. Because you know, we, we, even this morning we were opening our gifts and, and, and there's such a different way, right? Hope we'll open a gift and, and look at it and talk about it and hold it up and <laughs> smile. And, and Grant is going, is it my turn? <laughs> but you know, we, we love those moments. You know, we, we think about how we treasure those times and the things that we we do, we, we think about those gifts, and how many people remember your favorite gift from four years ago? It's kind of having a process, right? Or maybe even last year, you know, we think about those things. Sometimes we, we, we put a lot of emphasis in uh, those moments, and we, uh, we have this, this excitement, and then sometimes we can almost kind of come off that and, and kind of be like, oh my goodness, all that's done, and it, it's over. But, you know, I was thinking back when I was a kid, I was thinking about, like, just my favorite memories of gifts, and uh, something came into my mind, uh, and, and it was a story from when I was a youngster, and I had an a aunt that uh, lived out of town, and uh, they were uh, just very, very, very sweet folks, and she had brought me uh, this gift, and I, I honestly can't remember all the details about what even this gift Entailed, but I remember that it was a very, very nice gift. I remember it was a very expensive 
gift. And so once she had given me this gift, and I want to remind you that kids will tell you the truth no matter what, right? Just remember that. Um, we should actually have some of our, our children's volunteers sign a confidentiality clause because of what your kids tell. No, I'm kidding. But it's so funny, right? And so she had given me this gift, and, and we went through, and I opened it up, and I was very excited, and I just had this joy about this gift that I had received. And she looked at me, and she said, Now, Jason, who's your favorite aunt? <laughs> and she smiled really big. And I told her, but it wasn't her. <laughs> and it became this funny moment for ever that we would look at and that we would laugh about and that we would uh, kind of kid about. And the gift was great, right? But it wasn't enough to change my allegiance. It wasn't enough to change uh, those thoughts that I had. And this morning, we're going to talk about a gift uh, and we're going to talk about a gift that is so big and so great that it changes everything. That it changes everything about our lives and, and makes all things new. Uh, our lives are filled with gratitude this special day. And uh, the Apostle Paul so greatly penned in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 15. He said, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift, the overwhelming, matchless grace of God that we have experienced in Christ Jesus, that, that, that we have received. The Apostle Paul, who was a man that did not have trouble coming up with big words, that was a man that wrote in, in the very depths of using uh, the Greek language in a way that would mesmerize us when he got to this place. And, and it's the only time that word is used, the only time the word for indescribable is used in the New Testament, it's the only time in the Bible, the Apostle Paul says, it is so big that there are not words, that there is no way that I can describe it, there is no way that I can express it, and we come this morning celebrating the birth of our Savior, the moment that our God entered into the midst of brokenness, the, the one who is worthy of our worship. And I want to tell you this morning, it is a gift that changes everything. And, and I want to talk to us a little bit this morning about what this gift changes. And, and ultimately, in order for a gift to change anything, we have to receive that gift, right? We received gifts this morning. We opened them and, and some of those gifts we will enjoy later. And when we receive the gift of Jesus Christ, it is a gift that when it is received, when Jesus is received, it changes our destination. John three sixteen, the Bible says this, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. This was a gift that was from eternity and it was for eternity. You know, over this weekend, there's been moments of uh, times we had great uh, celebrations in a community worship service on Christmas Eve Eve and saw just a great, uh, just turnout and a great time at the Smoky Mountain Center and just an incredible time last night as we uh, worship together in our candlelight communion. And, and there's been these moments of, of just incredible highs. And then there's also been, for me, moments where I might get a message of 
a family who had lost a loved one or where uh, there was sickness or where there were things that were difficult in the midst. And I'm reminded in moments like this that there's an overwhelming, just an overwhelming amount of emotions, an overwhelming amount of, uh, of joy and happiness. And, there's, and then there's moments of, uh, of loss and people that we uh, are no longer able to celebrate this side of heaven uh, together and there's these emotions, this joy and this grief that can exist in even the same time. And because of Jesus, we have tremendous hope and we can look into the midst of the brokenness of this world and we can remember that God did not create it this way. That There was a time that it was very good and because of sin and the rebellion uh, against our Creator, right? That we are separated from a holy God. That that as a result of that, uh, everything changed. God is holy, and sin could not be in His presence. And we know that death entered into creation. And, and because of these things, right? The Genesis three would reveal that that the ground is cursed. That 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 everything is affected by that. That even creation groans and longs for that day when everything will be made. New suffering and death now are abounding right in our midst in a once perfect creation. But thanks be to God that as we celebrate the birth of Christ, the incarnation, because of God's great love for us, Jesus entered into a rescue mission and he entered into the brokenness and he took the punishment that we deserved up on himself and one day we will spend eternity with him in a perfect state where all things will be made new and if you are one of those that experiences the grief and the joy of these moments like this next week we're going to look at the very end of the book and we're going to look at what is promised for those who love him and there is coming a day where all things will be made new and it is going to be a time of rejoicing and it is going to be worth everything. It's a gift that when it is received, it changes our destination and it gives us tremendous hope. But it is also a gift that changes our devotion, it changes our allegiance. You know, my aunt gave me that gift and we, we laughed about it, right? But it, it didn't change the fact that there was another aunt that lived close by and that took care of me and, and was close to me. And so when she asked me that question, the gift was amazing, but it didn't change my allegiance. But what we know is that when we receive the gift of Jesus Christ, that it changes everything. It changes our devotion. We think of the familiar moment in the Christmas story in Luke 2, beginning in verse 9. The scripture says this, an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, right? These shepherds are hearing the birth announcement of Jesus Christ, that God in his graciousness has decided that the ones who would hear the message of God's salvation that Jesus had come would be these lowly shepherds out in the fields watching over their flocks by night. And, and the Bible tells us that an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terribly frightened. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid for I bring you good news of great joy which shall be for all the people for today. 
The birthday of your Savior is today. Is what he said. For today in the city of David, there has been born for you. Notice it's personal. He said today in the city of David has been born for you. For me? Yes, for you. A Savior. And this is what we need, right? A, a Savior. One to save us from our sin. And he said a Savior has been born who is Christ the Lord. Notice the wording. Jesus is Savior and Lord. See, this is a, this is a huge deal because in the time that Jesus came, in the time that Luke wrote this gospel, I want to read you something that was inscribed on a stone in ancient ruin dated from the first century Roman Empire. It said this, the most divine Lord, we should consider equal to the beginning of all things. For when everything was falling into disorder, he restored order once more and to the whole world a new aura, Caesar. The common good fortune of all, the beginning of life and vitality. All the cities unanimously adopt the birthday of the divine Caesar as the new beginning of the year. Whereas the providence which has regulated our whole existence has brought our life to, to the climax of perfection in giving us the Emperor Augustus, whom providence filled with virtue for the welfare of humankind, and who being sent to us and our descendants as our Savior, has put an end to war and has set all things in order. This is the culture that Luke is writing into. This is the culture that is there. And Luke writes to say, and we declare today, is that we have a Savior. And His name is Jesus. And there is no uh, allegiance to anyone other than Him. That our, we have our Christ. And it is not Caesar. And, and this is the, the place that they were in, right? They, they were... Understanding that, that this Caesar thought he was God and everyone was to, uh, to bow to him. He is the, the one that they are worshiping. But we have a king and his name is Jesus. That's what Luke is saying in these moments. And this Christmas, I don't have to remind you. Maybe different than it was then, but there are many things that are competing for our worship. There are many things that are competing for our worship but there's only one who is worthy of our worship David said in Psalm 16:8, he said I've set the Lord continually before me because he is at my right hand I will not be shaken in the culture of David's day a, a person's closest friend the advisor those kind of moments they would sit at the right hand of that person and and we, we hear things like my right hand man those kind of pictures but but by David saying listen when God is in the rightful place in my life he is saying he is at my right hand he is my advisor he is the one who is guiding me and, and what he is saying is emphatically that God is in that position in his life he is in the most important position in his life declaring that God has priority over every other person over every other thing over everything that demands attention. And my hope is that as we reflect on the birth of our Savior, as we reflect on Jesus Christ, our Savior and our Lord, right, that we would recognize that we are not in charge, that He is, and that there would be nothing and no one that would be in His rightful place in our lives. That there would be no way that we would allow someone else to sit in that 
seat of the throne of our lives. Because the gift of Jesus Christ is a gift that changes everything. It changes our destination. It changes our devotion. And it changes our direction. Right? Because Jesus Christ is Lord. Everything changes. It means he is the master of our lives. The master of everything in our lives. Everything that we do. Right? Where we go. What we do with our money. How we live our lives is all filtered through the lordship of Jesus Christ. Because he is our king. And what we understand about lordship is that it is everything or nothing. Either he is Lord of all or he is not Lord at all. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords and we worship him. I read a story of a little family that got through Christmas and they had getting everything kind of put back together and all of a sudden they're packing up the little manger scenes and they're getting all those things put back together and parents get the final little manger scene and they're putting it together and there's one piece that's missing and the piece that's always missing right the little baby Jesus right and they're looking and they're thinking where where is the little baby Jesus and so they're going and they're looking all around and a little boy his name was Noah was uh, in his bedroom and the parents kind of looked in the door and the little boy had the, the little baby Jesus in his hand. And he said, I promise I'm not going to let them pack you away this year. I promise I'm not going to let them put you away this year. I promise I'm going to let you stay right here with me. And you know, there's some, there's some sweet things uh, that we can think about that. And sometimes it's easy for us to be in the midst of a culture where we get Jesus out for a little while at Christmas. And we put him in and we, we celebrate his birth and then we pack him back up and we put him back in this box and say, you know what, we'll, we'll get you back out when it's time that we want you to be out again. But I want you to understand that we can't pack away our Jesus. He is Lord of all. And my hope is that we would not pack him away in any compartments in our lives, that we would look into this year and that we would keep him at the very center of everything in our lives. Those shepherds, they heard this good news and they said, there's gonna be a sign for you. Verse 12, he said, this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And the scripture says, suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among men with whom he is well pleased. When the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds began saying to one another, Let us go straight to Bethlehem then and see this thing that happened which the Lord has made known to us. So they came in a hurry. They heard this good news and they, they, I can imagine like they've been spooked by this angel. They've experienced this multitude praising God, this multitude of angels that are rejoicing that the time has come where God is making a way for man to have peace with God in this kind of moment. And they hear this news, all of this happens and they're left dumbfounded in those moments. And I can imagine those shepherds out in the fields looking at each other and they're, and they're kind of just staring for a second and they say, all right, what are we waiting for? Like, look, what are we, what are we doing sitting here, right? We've got places to go. And so they left in a hurry. They found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger. And when they had seen this, they made known the statement which had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it wondered at the things that were told them by the shepherds. 
But Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds went back glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen, just as they had been told them. What are we waiting for? Right, let's go. What are we waiting for? Let us share the good news and testify of the greatness of our God, of his mercy, of his grace, of his love. It's a gift that changes our direction. It's a gift that changes everything about our life. See, following Jesus has never been uh, simply uh, about a moment in our life where we repeat uh, a salvation prayer. It is a change of everything. It is a, it is a time in our life where we recognize that, that Jesus ha- has been born into this world to save sinners. And just as the shepherds heard the good news, they said, there is good news for you today in the city of David has been born a savior because of our great need. We recognize that because of our sin, that we were without hope, right? That's, that's the first piece of understanding our salvation is that we are sinful and in need of a savior. We recognize and under the convicting power of the spirit of God, we recognize our need for a savior our need to be saved to be forgiven and we look to the cross we turn away from our sin it's a picture that the scripture uses a word repent and there's this picture that we turn it's a change of mind the word in the greek is a change of mind that results in a change of direction it's a picture of us going one way and we recognize our sin our need for a savior we're going our own way and we repent of our sins we turn and we begin to follow Jesus and our life continues to follow Jesus and we continue to be changed by Jesus. The call that Jesus would give his disciples was this, follow me. And he said, when you do, I'm going to change everything. He said, I'm going to transform you. There's a transforming work that's going to take place. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. I will change you from the inside out. And every day as you get up in dependence on me, you follow me. And I'll give you the gift. The scripture says in in the very first sermon that Peter preached, we read, repent, and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of sin. And you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. We're given the, the gift of God's presence with us. And every day. As we walk in obedience to him, it is worship to him every day as we get up and we open up the word of God and we live in dependence on the word of God and we walk in the spirit of God. We are led by his spirit. We follow him. We continue to walk in the direction that he leads. We used to sing that song right where he leads, I will follow where he leads No matter where that is and no matter what difficulties may bear, I will follow. You know, for those shepherds, all of a sudden they didn't become the elite of society that day. Uh, They were still outcasts. They were still looked at by the people of this world. Following Jesus doesn't change everything about our circumstances. But there is a joy that is given to us that is unspeakable in the midst of our circumstances. And I wonder this morning. Have you received this gift? This gift that is too big for words. This gift that is, as the Apostle Paul penned, is undescribable. This gift that takes sinners like me, separated from God, and unholy and undeserving. A gift 
that looks upon us in that condition and says, I love you. And I love you too much to leave you in your sin. And so I came for unto you and you and you and you and you and you and you. That's how the Holy Spirit comes. He says, for unto you was born that day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Is he your Lord? What better day to surrender your life to the King of kings and Lord of lords than today? If you've never trusted him, if you've never been saved by his grace, if you'll admit your need for a Savior this morning, and if you'll believe the truth that God in his grace, that he stepped out from the very throne room of heaven, that he took on flesh and dwelt among us, that he was born of a virgin and then lived a sinless life. Lived the life that we couldn't live. And he died the death that we deserved. I want you to know something this morning. We, we rejoice because he is not dead. That's the reason that we gather on Christmas Sunday morning, right? We, the reason we gather on Sunday morning is because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because he conquered the grave. He defeated death, hell, and the grave. And the scripture says that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, that we can be saved. And that whoever would call upon his name shall be saved. You can be born again into the family of God this morning. Thanks be to God for his unspeakable gift. Will you receive it this morning? If you've never trusted him, I invite you in these moments, in the moments that we're going to sing to call on his name. You can pray and ask Jesus to forgive you of your sin. To thank him for his death on the cross in your place. And by simply believing and trusting in him, he will save you. And he will make all things new. The scripture says, as many as received him, he gave them the right to become children of God, even to those who believe on his name. Well, you received the gift of salvation this morning. We're going to sing. And we're going to sing a, a triumphant song as we, as we go into this time. And I want to invite you as we sing, if you need prayer, uh, we would love to pray with you. We want you to understand you come and and pray in this altar, pray in any way you see fit. If you need Jesus, you come and say, you know what, I want to be saved, and I need to understand what that looks like, and we will kneel with you in the Word of God and point you uh, through the Scriptures to Christ. You can come and call on His name. Well, we're going to sing a song that really was never penned as a, as a Christmas song. Uh, we're going to sing a song, Joy to the World. We sung a few uh, pieces of it already this morning. And there's a verse in there. And the verse says, far as the curse is found. And when we look around, as far as we can see, we see the impact of the curse. But this song was really, it was a song written uh, about Psalm 98. And it was this look uh, of this day where Jesus would come victorious. And we can sing joy to the world because he's come. It is very fitting. And it applies when we talk about Bethlehem. But this song uh, gives us more than just this rejoicing in the infant Christ. But it reminds us that Christmas is not over. That the promises of Christmas 
are not yet fulfilled. That earth one day will fully receive her king when Jesus comes again to reign and rule and all things will be made new and the curse will be finished, right? That we will see new creation and new heaven and a new earth. And we will rejoice forever. We will gather with every nation and with every tongue and with every tribe. And we will gather with all of creation around the very throne room of heaven, worshiping the King of kings and Lord of lords, who alone is worthy. Psalm 98 begins uh, with these words, shout joyfully to the Lord, all the earth. And as we sing joy to the world, may we shout joyfully. May we proclaim and lift high his name, for he is worthy. I'm going to pray and we'll sing. Father, we love you. We thank you so much for the undescribable. Lord, the, the gift that is bigger than words that are in our vocabulary. Lord, a gift so big that, uh, God, that, that, that the world could not contain. That death could not hold him. That the grave could not keep him. And Lord, we come this morning and we, we shout victory. Lord, we, we rejoice even in the midst of hard times. Lord, in the midst of difficult times. Lord, as far as the curse is found, Lord, we recognize that the redemption is covering. And Lord, that your grace and your mercy has overcome. And Lord, we rejoice this morning in an overcoming Savior. And we pray. If there's anyone here that doesn't know you, God, that they would surrender their life to you this morning. That they would be saved this beautiful Christmas morning. Lord, we declare that you are worthy of our praise. And because of you, we have great joy. Lord, we love you and we ask for your blessing in Jesus' name. Uh, amen.